We are thankful for so many things this morning, but uh, certainly thankful for the release of 17 hostages in uh, Gaza, including the uh, the young American hostage, uh, Ab- Abigail Idan, uh, three years old when she was taken, turned four while in captivity, both her mother and father murdered. So while she is home, home is going to be uh, terribly different uh, from the one that she had on October Six. Watching all of this uh, is uh, Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, uh, who is uh, representing Michigan's 7th District, also a candidate for the U.S. Senate here in Michigan. We hope you had a wonderful holiday. I did. And likewise, right back at you guys. Hope you had a good one. We, we certainly did. As you look at this, I've got to tell you, with I, I'm concerned that with every hostage that is released, that Hamas is is to some degree rehabilitating their image as a group that actually cares about civilians and actually cares about human life. Are you worried about that as well, that people will forget the atrocities? Um, I, you know, I think that we're seeing that in a widespread way. I think that if you go to the West Bank right now, you know, the other side of the Palestinian territories, I just saw a report this morning on CNN that said Hamas is more popular than ever. You know, it's like, that, that, that somehow, even though they weren't elected in the West Bank and the Palestinian Authority has been in charge there, um, that the, the Hamas has really grown in people's esteem. So it just shows you the nature, the pernicious nature of this entire conflict, that, that a, a group that committed this horrible terrorist attack on October 7th and then has led to you know, uh, this incredible Israeli assault on Gaza, violent assault, um, is somehow the hero of a group, you know, across the other side of the country. So it's it's just um, it's just one of these wicked problems in the Middle East, and it shows you how how complicated it is. Congresswoman, we we know that uh, you know getting all of the hostages out is a is a great goal, but we know how how Hamas works. You know they're going to not let all the hostages go. They're going to keep some because they use them as leverage all the time. And so um, when it comes to uh, to that and the fact that this pause may be giving them time to kind of, you know, uh, gear up even more, uh, your thoughts on that? Well, look, I mean, we're, we have to get, you know, women and children out for sure. And, you know, I'm in touch with uh, Abigail, this little four-year-old great aunt um, who's an American and, and uh, just happened to know her through people, you, you, can't, you can't feel anything but just extreme joy for these families and getting these folks out. And it is clear that Hamas took hostages in order to do these kinds of trades. I think it's important that we were able to help bring together and convene a deal, right? The Americans were involved. Uh, the, the country of Qatar was involved in brokering this deal. And each time we have a successful exchange, it builds confidence in negotiation. And ultimately, um, we're going to you know, have the women and children returned, and then we're going to get to a harder moment, right, just as you mm-hmm, said, because mm-hmm. those, those male hostages are, are their leverage. Um, and, and my hope is that by building a little bit of trust in the system, we can figure out how to continue in a negotiated way as opposed to just pounding um, Gaza and waiting for the next terrorist attack. Meanwhile, I, I don't know why this isn't getting more attention. The United States has been attacked by Iranian-backed groups over 70 times across the Middle East since October 7th, most recently in Yemen. And I'm telling you, the breadth of these attacks, like how many there are, is shocking, but also the sophistication. And I don't want people to miss that the Houthi rebels landed a helicopter on the deck of a ship, a complicated thing I never saw al-Qaeda do. 
They're using drones. And they just are fi- just recently firing ballistic missiles. So I just I th- this is spreading out further than just kind of a Gaza Israel thing. Something we as Americans need to keep a very close eye on. So, Congresswoman, what do you think the American response should be to those attacks? Well, look, I think that we could afford to be more aggressive in response to these attacks. I mean, we've responded to some of them. Um, we've, you know, killed Iranian-backed militants in places like Syria and Iraq. Um, but, you know, there's only so long that we can try and maintain our calm um, when we're just sort of sitting there being attacked over and over again. So I, I think we could be stronger on a response when necessary. Um, I also think that it's another sign that as the violence goes in Gaza, so goes violence in the region. And it's a, a why diplomacy is still always an important tool in these in these conflicts. Congresswoman Slotkin, um, th- there are some members, some colleagues of yours uh, in the Senate on the far left that have said that they will not support aid for Israel without certain conditions. The Biden administration was, Jake Sullivan was asked about that over the weekend. He, he didn't uh, he didn't refuse it. He didn't decline it. He left open the door that maybe they would accept some conditions. Is that a mistake? Well, look, we've already had, we voted down, um, or the Senate voted down a bill that passed the House. I voted against it that already tried to put conditions on that aid. It, the condition was, we'll give aid to Israel as long as you cut money to the IRS. Um, that would have been the first time in history we would have put conditions on aid to Israel. Um, I think we have a big project in the next, I don't know, three weeks before Christmas. We need to talk about aid to Israel. We need to talk about aid to Ukraine. We have uh, ongoing support for Taiwan to prevent China from doing more. There's a package in the mix here, and we have to have a negotiation on that. Um, For me, I I think that we get into dangerous waters if we continue to say, well, you have to, if you're going to give aid to Ukraine or Israel, you have to cut something in the United States. That's not typically how we've done aid before um, or put major conditions on on our aid. So I'm, I'm willing to look at stuff. But at this point, to me, we just got to get it done and get to the negotiating table. Congresswoman, will you accept a Ukraine aid if it's tied into border security? That isn't a cut. That would be an addition. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I mean, I've supported border security uh, like my entire life. Right. My, I'm a Homeland Security, National Security CIA officer by training. So we have to be able to to protect our border. We have to be able to know what's going on there. Every single country has the right to know who's coming in their country. Um, And immigration policy is the most screwed up thing from top to bottom that I have seen. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm supportive if we need to have that conversation about more aid for our customs and border folks. Congresswoman, you just talked about all the stuff that's on the agenda, plus kicking the can down the line there for the budget. Can we get a budget? Well, we did something right before Thanksgiving where we did pass a continuing resolution that will take us to January. It's the first time since I've been a member of Congress that we're not using the threat of missing Christmas um, as a a reason to get a budget done. So we we will be able to get through, you know, till January. That's a good thing. Um, And but then we're going to be back in another one of these, I think, mini crises as we try to decide how to do a full year budget, not just a patch job for two or three months but an actual, like, as our job calls for, full year appropriation. So we won't be in December. It'll be in January. Congresswoman, I know you lost a friend over the weekend. Uh, Kathleen Wilbur was a a wonderful 
civil servant. She represented Michigan State University so well through some of its most difficult times. Just speak to her contributions as uh, a representative of this state, both politically and just the service she's given. Yeah, she Kathy was just a monumental figure in, you know, in the state. I, I got a chance to talk to her son and um, yesterday and some of her close uh, staff assistants. And I think the thing I think about most when I think about Kathy is this steady hand during some of the most trying moments for Michigan State. Good moments, bad moments. She she just bled green. She loved the place. And when I think about being a congresswoman for the first time, right, and I get elected in 2018, 2019, I, I take office. She taught me how to be a good representative for Michigan State. She brought me on campus, showed me every nook and cranny. We would have conversations late at night and early in the morning about what MSU needed federally. And I just, she really taught me how to advocate for this university that we all love. And she will be deeply missed. I mean, she's a phenomenal woman. Indeed she is. And and as you said, uh, she was able to navigate some pretty choppy waters there. And, mm-hmm. and we should point out it was Governor John Engler when he was uh, interim president that brought her in, which shows yep. um, she was a friend of Republicans. She was respected by them, respected by Democrats and, and gave this state great she, she really was. And I was share, sharing in uh, some stories with Fred Upton last night. We were texting back and forth because, and that just shows how bipartisan she was. She had friends who were Democrats, friends who were Republicans, kind of that, that you know, old school Michigander that we all hope to one day get back to, at least I do. Yeah. Uh, Congresswoman Slotkin, always good to connect. Hopefully we will see more hostages freed. Hopefully it will still lead to support for the eradication of Hamas. And uh, we, we, we uh, appreciate you stopping by.